going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. This is the one-stop shop for all things coaching. We do not stop at training and nutrition. However, that's what I'm a coach for. That's what I got into this for. So we dive into training and nutrition quite often. But like I said, we don't stop there. We go even further, and we talk all things entrepreneurship, lifestyle, mindset, and just personal growth in general because that's what this show is about. It's about helping you get the best results possible in all areas of your life so you see the most personal growth possible. This is a coaching podcast. It's coaching in your ear, coaching in your speakers. That's what it is about. If you're new to this show, please go check out our top four episodes. That's the Nutrition FAQ, tons of nutritional content inside that. The Training FAQ, tons of training information inside that. Nutritional periodization, which is something I'm known for inside of coaching. And last but not least, my personal journey. It's my story into all this fitness, coaching, nutrition, so on and so forth. Today's episode is the part two of Nutrition for Fat Loss series. Today we go into energy balance, aka calories. The first episode aired last week and uh, we got a ton of great feedback. So if you haven't listened to that, go back, listen to part one. I'll link the video and the audio experience, the podcast in the show notes. Um, I will also link the video for this one in the show notes because every week, every Monday, we are going to be bringing this to you for the next two months. And what it is, it's an eight-part series to dive into all things nutrition, to show you how to lose as much fat as possible the most effective and efficient and sustainable way with nutrition. So I'm going to dive into each aspect of what I feel is necessary for you to understand, for you to be successful. So there's eight modules. Last week, we went into adherence and metrics, which really is the fundamentals of everything. It's the key to getting into the the rest of the stuff we're going to talk about. Before we can dive into the tools, the methods, the calculations, macros, micros, supplements, meal timing, calories, all these different things that are kind of like sexy, quote unquote, inside of the nutrition space of what we feel like we need, we actually need to understand how can we adhere to this so we can actually stay consistent. Because I don't care how science-based your program is, if you can't follow it for longer than 30 days, what's the point? We need to create sustainability, and that's what adherence is all about. But on top of that, we need to understand metrics. Metrics are our... It's our data points. It's, it's our metrics. It's our, it's our measurements. It's our adjustments. It's how we adjust. It's how we look at everything and see if we're actually progressing this week compared to last week for our goal this month, next month, and three months, 12 months, so on and so forth. We need these metrics along the way. Otherwise, you're kind of running on a treadmill. You're going nowhere fast. You're running in circles. You're chasing your tail. You're spinning your wheels. We need to understand what we are doing, why we are doing it, how we are doing it, and if it's even fucking working. So that was the part one. I highly, highly suggest you go into that. I gave so much value, so much detail into what we do inside of our coaching so you can understand and implement it yourself. Um, And again, I'm going to link all of these episodes in the show notes as we go. So you'll see part one and part two video and audio experience in the show notes so you can kind of follow along and keep these up. But today we go into calories. This is kind of the first step in getting into really calculating what you need to do inside of your nutrition, right? So um, Eric Helms, I'm going to link his book in the the, um, show notes as well. He kind of created this uh, pyramid. It's quite literally a pyramid, but this hierarchy, this leveling system. Um, He really just kind of created this ideology of what we need to follow in the order of importance when it comes to nutrition for training, performance, muscle gain, and fat loss. And it goes – Calories, macros, micros, meal timing and frequency, and then supplements last. Um, Below all this is lifestyle, behavior, and adherence. So I took my own twist on this whole pyramid um, like many other coaches in the industry have. I think a lot of us can admit honestly and and easily, like I have no problem admitting that this kind of created the blueprint and the uh, foundation inside of what we use inside of coaching to get people such great results. It just gives you this 
fundamental, again, pyramid, this fundamental system, this fundam- fundamental roadmap. It just literally makes – it is so funny when this came out years and years ago. I remember when he created the YouTube video, but it was just like light bulbs going off in my head. Like, yes, this is what we've been doing, but it makes so much more sense in this format and it's in this explanation. So I use that a lot inside of this, these, this video series, this audio series. So I'm going to link the show notes, uh, the book in the show notes because if you want to go even deeper to all this stuff, if you're a coach and you don't have the muscle and strength pyramids – you're messing up. Like that's a, that's a, the Bible of this shit, the training and the nutrition manual, but I'm going to link that in here. But, um, calories and energy balance is kind of the, the base of the pyramid. But below that, again, we got to look at adherence. I added metrics because we use so many metrics inside of our coaching. And I, I do believe that's why our clients are so successful. So I added that into part one, but part two today, we're going into calories. We're going into energy balance. And this is essentially what leads to fat loss. If we do not have an energy balance, if we do not have calories in versus calories out as an equation working for us, we're, we're not going to see results. And the same goes for muscle gain. If you don't have it working for you in the sense that you're in a calorie surplus, you're not going to gain weight. If you're not in a calorie deficit, you're not going to lose weight. But there's, there's tricks to this. There's, there's systems to this. There's individuality inside of this. So before I go too deep into all these things, I just want to let you guys know that today is about calories. And please do me one huge favor, guys. If you are enjoying this series, let me know. It, it means the world to me when I hear from you guys, and it helps me continue to make these better. So if you are enjoying these series, um, this Nutrition for Fat Loss series, and it's only been one episode, but if you're enjoying it so far, shoot me an email, Cody at BoomBoomForms.com. Just let me know that you lo- you're loving it. Um, another great way for me to understand that you're truly liking this is for sh- you to share it on Instagram so other people can benefit from this and see results as well. And then obviously I get notified so I can see who you are, who you're, who's listening, and who's benefiting from the podcast and what you enjoy about it. So tag me on your story with a screenshot of this show at Cody.BoomBoom. And uh, without any further ado, let's get into part two of the Nutrition for Fat Loss series, Calories. Episode two of the Nutrition Fat Loss series. This is all about calories or energy balance, however you want to say it. Basically calories. Calories in versus calories out. The biggest dominant factor in your results. At the end of the day, Calories are the base of the pyramid. Again, we're going to use the pyramid made famous by Eric Helms of 3DMJ. Um, it is something that is integrated in our coaching. It's something that's integrated in a lot of smart coaches coaching. It's something that created a system and an order of importance that we need to follow when we want to change our body composition or change performance. Therefore, we're going to be referring to it quite a bit. So once again, I want to shout out Eric Helms, um, the 3DMJ guys, the Muscle and Strength Pyramids, which is the book that he created. But at the base of the pyramid, we already talked about adherence in episode two or episode one. If you haven't seen episode one or listened to episode one on the podcast, click the link in the description. You can go visit that and listen or watch that one. It's, it's the base. It's the foundation. It's something that you need to understand before we even get into any of the cool stuff. After that comes calories. This makes the base of the pyramid. And there's a lot of arguments here. Why do calories come before micronutrients? Why do macros come before micronutrients? Aren't micronutrients the vitamins and minerals we need as human beings to thrive and be healthy? The answer is yes, we do need those vitamins and minerals. The reason they come second is for a few reasons. Number one is because the pyramid of importance is based on the idea that we are trying to change the level of body fat or muscle on our body or the performance we see in the gym, meaning, our pyramid is structured to enhance our body composition or our performance. Therefore, calories come first because at the end of the day, you can eat damn near whatever you want if if, if it's in your calories and you can still see body composition changes. On top of that, the second bullet I listed here, health improvements and disease risks, health risks, so on and so forth, blood work in general, 
is actually going to be more influenced by body fat accumulation versus the vitamins and minerals we're intaking. So yes, food quality matters. Yes, micronutrients matter. And we're going to touch on that in episode four, I believe, of this series. But I don't care how clean you eat, how many vitamins and minerals you take or are consuming through food. If you are eating too many calories, if you're not exercising and or you are gaining excess body fat, you will have more poor health and you'll have more health risks, disease risks, and your blood work will be disadvantageous. It will be bad. There's been a lot of studies that show people who literally eat Twinkies every day. There's literally the Twinkie study, eats Twinkies every day, or the McDonald's study. They eat McDonald's every day, but they remained in a caloric deficit. They lost body fat and their health improved. Therefore, calories are at the base of the pyramid because they are the biggest influence on body composition, performance, and health improvements while avoiding health risks. So that being said, that's the groundwork. We need to set this before we set the rest. Adding to that, we can't even set macros without a caloric intake. Our macros make up our calories. The next video is going to be all about macros and we're going to dive into that. But this one's about calories. When we want to influence our body composition change, there's two equations of energy balance that we need to understand. Calories in versus calories out is the equation and we need to decide which end of the spectrum of this kind of toggle for this energy balance that we need to fit into to get from point A to point B. Point B being our exact result that we're chasing. So if our goal is fat loss, which most people watching this video is since it is the nutrition fat loss series, if your goal is fat loss, you need to be on the end of that energy balance equation that is producing more calories out than in. What that means is we're literally in a caloric deficit. We're consuming less calories than we are burning. In order to do that, we need to understand how many calories we're burning on a daily basis, and we need to set the amount of calories we're taking in on a daily basis. There's a few ways we can do this. The first step in understanding where our calories need to be is finding our maintenance caloric intake. Maintenance calories are literally the calories we need in order to maintain our weight. This is something that is not very sexy and not that many people want to pay attention to because who wants to stay the same? We want to progress. We want to see results. But I'd have you consider that maintenance is just as important as progressing, losing fat, building muscle, so on and so forth. Without understanding our maintenance calories or our maintenance body weight, what it takes to A, keep our body weight the same, and B, what our maintenance body weight actually is. Where does our body like to sit at? Where is our settling point for our body weight and our body fat? Without knowing those things, we actually can't set ourselves up for success in any direction we want to take this. So if we want to build muscle or burn fat, you cannot determine how to get there without understanding your maintenance calories. Adding to that, something that we heavily emphasize inside of our coaching and something that we're going to touch very greatly on in episode either seven or eight, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's the periodization factor. We really educate our clients on periodization because we need to integrate maintenance phases across the week, month, and year, depending on our timeline with the client, in order to facilitate almost like an insurance policy for our metabolism and our hormones. Without these maintenance blocks inside of our intake over the course of the week, month, year, we will not be able to sustain hormonal function and metabolism. We all know the crash diets that we dive into, we lose a bunch of weight really quick, see the results successfully in the mirror, yet we're eating barely anything, our metabolism gets very sluggish, 
We're burning less calories on a daily basis because our neat non-exercise activity thermogenesis, so just walking, standing, fidgeting, talking, slows down. Our total daily energy expenditure, TDEE, slows down greatly with our metabolism during these crash diets. So we might look great in the mirror, but we can't maintain hormonal function metabolism along that process. Therefore, we can't uh, maintain muscle mass during that progress or strengthen the gym. What that ultimately leads to is lack of sustainability, which is again why we educate our clients on this entire process. We teach them how to periodize this. How are we going to look at this in the long term? What is your maintenance calories and how often do we need to put you back to your maintenance calories in order for you to kind of have this safety net or this insurance policy on your hormones, your metabolism, and your muscle mass? And that could look like weekly refeeds, it could work, look like monthly diet breaks, quarterly diet breaks, however we set it up for the individuals dependent on adherence, which we already touched on, and individualization. What, is, what does that client want? What is their goal? But we can't determine any of that with maintenance. Now, if periodization confuses you, if you listen to the word periodization, you hear all these fancy terms, and you either A, get confused, overwhelmed, stressed, or anything like that, I highly encourage you to either A, check out any of our content on nutritional periodization that we've already published, B, wait for episode seven or eight, which I know you will because we're gonna talk about that, or C, click the link in the description, apply for coaching, get the free call, and let us educate you personally on how to do this so you can see success with your fat loss. Now, how do we find maintenance? We understand that calories are the most important determining factor for changing our body composition and improving performance because it's literally energy. So we need to create that energy balance that favors the body composition we want, and we need to fuel our body to get the performance we want. We also know that if we are in a caloric surplus and we gain too much weight, our health improvements decline, health risks incline. So if we want to have better health, just as if not more important than vitamins and minerals and clean foods, we need to make sure our calories are in check so we don't gain excess body fat and get unhealthy from that because that's a bigger determining factor of overall health. So we know it's important. And now we know that maintenance calories are one of the biggest and most, the kind of, it's kind of like the key cornerstone before we get into this. We need to know this before we set anything. How do we set this? The most accurate way of setting this takes some patience. You need two full weeks, if not at least one. When a client starts with us, we require a minimum of five days tracking in MyFitnessPal or Macros Plus, whatever app they want to use, before we can get started. Not only does this create self-awareness and it kind of gives them some open-minded attitude towards what macros are, what foods they're consuming, and teaches them a little bit more about their personal intake, but it also gives us their average intake. So after two full weeks of tracking, or even just one, we're gonna weigh ourselves every single day and we're gonna track our calories every single day. What we find with our average is our maintenance calories. So after one to two weeks, if you maintained an average weight of 160 pounds and you consumed an average intake of 2,000 calories, your maintenance calories are 2,000 and your maintenance weight is 160. We can't judge this based off a couple days because intakes fluctuate and fluctuations in our weight go up and down constantly depending on stress, uh, for menstrual cycles, training, cortisol, intakes are going up and down, salt, water, so many different factors influence our weight fluctuations across the week. So we need at least a week, if not two ideally, to see what these two things are doing and correlate them together and then just find our average. This is gonna be the most accurate way to do it. The cool thing about this is it's more honest because the second way to do this is the calculation method. 
This is just one calculation I'm gonna go over today, but there's many calculations. The Harris Benedict, you can do the simple body weight times 12 and gives you a fat loss uh, amount, times 14 to 15 gives you an average maintenance amount, and then times 16 to 18 gives you a weight gain amount. Very, very generic, but sometimes accurate. Um, but there's multiple uh, different methods and calculations. This one I'm gonna use is very simple. It just kind of gives you your total daily energy expenditure, and this should technically be your maintenance calories. 160, so your body weight, so let's say we're using the example of 160 pounds again. Um, your body weight times 10, so that could be 160 times 10, which gives us 1,600 calories. We're then going to multiply that by activity multiplier. So the calculation is body weight times 10 times activity multiplier. I put 1.55 for the activity multiplier because it's dead center of the scale. I'll link some uh, stuff in the show notes of this podcast in the video so you can get some different averages and different intakes that you can use the, multi uh, the activity multiplier and get the actual numbers. But what I've noticed in my experience of eight years of coaching is that 1.55 is almost guaranteed to be anybody who is in the gym training and has a normal job. So unless you're doing something like you're a roofer and you're in the gym bodybuilding six days a week, this is an average intake or average multiplier. So for somebody like myself, I train six days a week. Most of my job, I'm sitting behind a computer, but I get up and walk here and there. I try to stand up more if I can, but I have an average step count. I have an average knee. I have a very average sedentary lifestyle on top of hard training. I'm gonna fall in that 1.55 category, and this is what I use for the majority of our clients, would be this. It matches up with most of them. This equation, 160 times 10 equals 1600 times 1.55, which is the activity multiplier, gives us 2,480 calories. This is our quote unquote maintenance. This is our total daily energy expenditure. We would create a deficit or a surplus depending on which goal we have based on that. The problem with this is, is if we use the example I used before with the two weeks of average tracking that told us 2,000 calories was actually our maintenance to hold 160, I'm under the assumption that I should be uh, consuming more calories for my maintenance. And although 2,480 calories might be better, might be more realistic, might be more advantageous, because the more calories you can consume and maintain your weight, the better, it's not accurate. It's not what my true body weight is being maintained on, which we found out using the averages. So my point being with this is using two weeks of tracking, weighing in, and finding your average is gonna be much more realistic than using a calculation. A calculation will give you an ideal setup, an ideal world, where you should probably be assuming hormones, metabolism, and stress is all in check. But the reality is, is that's not always the case. So, therefore, we would create a deficit off of this if we're losing fat. So now we have our maintenance. We can choose either one of these categories. And sometimes what I like to do is actually do both of these. We'll take the average weight and we'll do a calculation. And now I can see if there's a difference. If we did the average weigh-in and it gave us 2,000 calories and then I did the calculation and it gave me almost 2,500, I know this person is probably under eating and it's gonna be leery to dive them into a big deficit. That kind of gives you a reason to slow fat loss down, a reason to consider trying to create a new hormonal or metabolic set point before diving into a fat loss phase. Hey, let's focus on recovery. Let's focus on muscle. Let's focus on some habits and consistency before we dive into a deficit. Because based on what I see, I see that you're under consuming calories a little bit. This kind of gives you the awareness for that. The other thing that I kind of wrote a side note on here with is can you lose on maintenance calories? And that's a question I get a lot. 
And this is where it kind of plays in. If we did both of these calculations, and I see somebody is maintaining their body weight of 160 pounds on 2,000 calories, yet the calculation told me they should be maintaining their weight on 2,480 calories, I'm going to look at their macros, which are the next video, but I want to give you some insight in on this because this is something we use in our coaching practice. If I know that they're under consuming calories by 480, yet maintaining their weight, but they're under consuming protein by almost 480 calories, I'm absolutely going to bump their calories up from 2000 to 2480 via protein. So that might be doubling their protein, but let's say we want to get their protein up to body weight in grams, and that gives me a four to 500 calorie increase. I'm okay with that because protein is going to be utilized. You might have a couple pounds up the first few days, maybe a week because of food bulk in your body and just bloat, but protein is going to be utilized and it's not going to be stored as fat. It's very, very hard, very hard to store protein as body fat. And some studies actually showed people consuming two times their body weight for up to two years and not gaining any extra body fat from it on top of the other calories they were consuming from the other group. That's pretty shocking. And I don't advise anybody to consume two times their body weight. But the point being is that if you consume your body weight in protein, I can almost guarantee you're not going to store any fat from it. So we might be able to lose calories on maintenance uh, or lose fat on maintenance calories if we're under consuming via protein or we're right at maintenance and we're under consuming protein. And in that situation, maybe they are, we did their average intake and we did a calculation and they both say about 2,500 calories, 2,480. Let's say that's the case, but they're under consuming protein significantly. I might lower carbs, lower fat, increase protein, and keep calories the exact same as their original maintenance calories, and I will absolutely see fat loss because the caloric um, breakdown is going to be different. The composition of what those calories are made up of is different now because protein is higher, carbs and fats are lower. Usually that leads to healthier eating habits as well. So there are some scenarios where we can lose on maintenance calories. Otherwise, in all other situations, we move on to the next step. We have our maintenance calories now, whether we used either one of those equations. Now we need to decide our rate of weight loss and we need to create a caloric deficit to achieve that. In general, my recommendation for rate of fat loss, rate of weight loss is going to be 0.5 to 1% of body weight per week. Very simple and it scales. So the heavier you are, the more weight you're able to lose per week safely. And it makes sense. The more fat I have, the more I can lose quickly without sacrificing metabolism or muscle mass. The leaner I am, the lighter I am, the less fat I had to lose. Therefore, the amount is going to uh, drop per week is going to be less. Therefore, my metabolism and everything is going to be safe still. So it's kind of a good scale. But people need to remember this because if we start with 50 pounds to lose and we do these calculations and we do a deficit and we're losing 0.51% body weight per week, we might be losing two to three pounds per week if we have a lot to lose. But if we make a 30 to 50 pound transformation, be ready to start losing a half a pound to a pound a week and being okay with it. And knowing that that progress is actually the exact same and just as good as two to three pounds per week once upon a time. Very, very important. And that's why I love the 0.5 to 1%. And I would say if you're more focused on getting shredded or you're more focused on performance maintenance, muscle maintenance, lean on the, the, the lower side. Go closer to 0.5%. 
uh, 0.5% body weight loss per week if you are more focused on maintaining muscle. Because I think you're just gonna be safer that way. It might take longer to get to your goal, but again, the sustainable path is usually the better path when it comes to longevity. How big of a diet or a deficit do we create? This is the last part of this video and podcast. How hard should we go on the diet? We have our maintenance, we know what we need to lose per week, so we know how to track using all the adherence tools we gave you in episode one. We know exactly what things should look like week to week in order to be consistently moving towards the end goal. But we need to know how many calories to pull out of our current maintenance calories in order to achieve that weight loss. We can either be more casual with this or more aggressive with this. And I find in our coaching practice that this really is a individual factor around the person's motivation. Some people do not want to feel like shit. So they don't want to make an aggressive approach. And I I understand they'd rather spend 24 weeks dieting, get to their goal a little bit slower, but it's easier for them to sustain. It's not as hard of a hit week to week. They don't, they're not in such a fatigued dieting state. Other people get motivated by that fatigued dieting state when they are hungry, when they see visual progress happening faster, when they see the weight dropping faster, those things motivate them and they're okay with the big deficit, eating less food in order to get there. So I think the decision between casual and aggressive, number one, depends on your personal motivation. It's individual. Number two, it depends on your dieting history. And again, if you have a poor dieting history, if you've been through a lot of crash diets, if you have any hormonal issues, I highly recommend you apply for coaching. Again, the link is in the description because in those states, going too aggressive can just put you back in that vicious cycle of losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight. And doing that toggle between weight gain and weight uh, loss is not healthy for your metabolism. It's not healthy for your hormones. And you're going to put yourself back in that pit. So if your dieting history is great, if you've done successful, sustainable diets, if you've lost weight, had maintenance phases, you've done diet breaks, you've done things the right way, you have a lot of muscle mass, so on and so forth, you can get away with being more aggressive. You just need to make sure that you're periodizing more diet breaks and refeeds into there. The more aggressive you are on this scale, the more frequently you need to have maintenance phases plugged into your calorie intake, either weekly or monthly. I usually recommend people doing it every fourth or fifth week or having a couple days every week back to back that you refeed. We're going to talk about that in the periodization video. So make sure you stay tuned for that and you wait for that podcast and that video to air. But the point being is the more aggressive we are, the more times we need to pull back and take a break from it because it's harder on our body. It's harder on our metabolism. It's harder on our hormones and it's harder on our uh, psychology. It's mentally draining to diet that hard. If we are okay with a more conservative approach. We're okay taking a little bit longer to get there and we're okay with slower progress per week. A casual, smaller percentage, a 5% drop in your calories is better. 20% is very aggressive. 20% would be like the Matador study. Every other week you're taking a diet break. Every three weeks you're taking a diet break. Very frequently you're increasing calories to give your body a break. 5% would be a very casual weight loss. You could go 12 weeks without taking a diet break or a refeed if you're doing a 5% caloric deficit because it's not that draining on your body. It's not that physically and physiology uh, taxing. It's not going to harm your hormones, your metabolism very much. It's also not going to strip body fat or I mean uh, muscle mass very much. It's an easy, progressive, slow approach. And I actually do recommend that for most people. But the point is, is we kind of have this scale. Are we a casual dieter or are we an aggressive dieter? 
What you're gonna do is take five to 20% of that maintenance calories and just pull them. You can do this from carbs or fats and we're gonna talk about that in the next video when we dive into macros. But the point being is that we're taking five to 20% of our calories away and we're not doing it from protein. We're doing it from carbs or fat. And that's gonna be a tool for adherence. If you're really focused on performance and muscle mass and you have plenty of fat to facilitate proper hormonal balance, which again, we'll touch on in the next video, pull from fat. You can pull from fat, leave your carbs high and you'll have more muscle mass, you have better performance for the long term. If you barely have, uh, or if you have plenty of carbs and you would rather pull from carbs because you can adhere better if you have more fat in your diet, pull from carbs. It really is a toggle game of adherence and what you're gonna do best with. So, wrapping up this video, this is a lot of information guys. I understand that this goes really deep and to be honest with you, I can take this any one way. Every individual that approaches us, we're probably gonna go a different route, we're gonna implement different strategies and we're gonna have a different mindset behind what we decide to do with them. But the big thing I want you to take away from this is that calories are one of the most important things on this pyramid. They're gonna be the biggest influence of body composition, performance, and health. We need to find our maintenance before we can do anything and then our deficit is gonna be based on our adherence level and our goals and how frequently we're able to take diet breaks or refeeds, basically maintenance phases. Um, and, and just one last tip for you guys to take away from this is it's okay to take 5% off and just see what your body does. Some people work better with aggressive approaches, even if they don't want to take an aggressive approach. I know many clients who will pull 5% of their calories out to see fat loss. Nothing happens. They just have a stubborn, resilient body. So sometimes the best thing to do is take the minimal effective dose. Take 5% of your calories out. See what happens over the next two to three weeks. If nothing at all happens, that just means you need to be a little bit more aggressive. You could take another small chunk and make it 7.5% instead of five, or you can say, screw it, I'm gonna get more aggressive, I'm gonna take 15% and I'm gonna take a diet break in a couple weeks. You kinda have to play with these things, you kinda have to test these things, and unless you are a coach, it can be hard to see the signals or the signs the body gives, a client's body gives, in order to know which route is gonna be right, because it changes all the time. So, wrapping up guys, as a whole, calories are gonna be one of the most important things. This is our foundation, this is our blueprint, this is the roadmap of how you can create a deficit and start seeing success in your fat loss via nutrition with calories. Before I let you go, I just wanna say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, Head over to boomboomperformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the nutrition hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at Cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. 
This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.